So I want to preach to you about something that um, the Lord had been dealing with me about last week. I was praying about it, and I believe that God has a word for us today. If we would, let's just go to the Lord and a word of prayer together. Father, we're thankful for your love and your goodness. And Lord, we healed ourselves to you, asking you that you'd have your way in our life. We pray that you teach us, God, how to be able to approach you and to come with an excitement, Father, knowing that you don't turn us away. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, I want to speak to you for a little while today on how much longer. Would you say that with me? How much longer? Remember as a kid when you used to you know, it, it seemed like things were never going to get here. You'd be going, man, how much longer until Christmas gets here? How much longer until my birthday? Got a little five. That's why I'm heading out of here early after the business meeting because I've got a five-year-old having a birthday today. And it was, we were supposed to have done the business last week, but we had to move it to this week. So I've got to get out there because I, I talked to her yesterday and I said, Vivian, I said, you've got a birthday tomorrow. I said, we're going to have your birthday. And I said, we're bringing you a prize. She said, I know everybody's bringing me prizes. <laughs> and so she's excited about that. And we get excited about things like that. We used to, if you remember when you were a kid in school, we used to think, man, how long until summer vacation gets here? And then speaking about vacation, how many of you have ever been on a trip with your children going on vacation and how much longer until we get there are we we went from to florida last year and vivian started out about an hour into the trip are we almost there yet papa how much longer are we almost there and i'm thinking no it's it's a little bit longer yet are we almost there oh this is taking forever <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes we get to the point where it seems like it's never going to get here, right? So I, having that in mind, I want you to go with me to Luke, Luke, look, look in Luke. Go with me to Luke, the eighth chapter, and I'm going to be in Mark, the fifth chapter. And I want to read both accounts of this because I, I want you to pay close attention to how this is phrased in Scripture, okay? There are three accounts of this in Scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, tell this incidence. I want you to listen to Luke and Mark here. This is Luke 8 and 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. Okay, you got that? She spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. Now I want you to listen to Mark. And had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Everybody say perspective. perspective. Luke is a physician. He is the beloved physician. So when he recounts this story, I want you to see how he frames it. There was a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years, and she spent all she had on physicians, but wasn't able to get better. But Mark had been a patient of a physician. How many of you have ever been a patient before? And look how he frames it. And, and she went to many doctors and suffered a whole lot and didn't get any better. As a matter of fact, she got worse. It's all about perspective. 
And so what I learned in this is I, I thought, you know, the way we see things has a lot to do with the way we respond to things. When you read those accounts, you, you discover this, that the woman is not opposed to going to a doctor. She'd been going for 12 years. Somebody say, thank God for doctors. Amen? Aren't, aren't you? Thank God, man. Thank God for the guy that found penicillin. All that is is moldy bread. Well, I mean, it's a little bit more than that, but, you know, but I, I mean, and think about what penicillin did for folks. So we thank God for doctors, but she had been to doctors. It's not that she's opposed to going to a doctor. It's she's been to every doctor and every specialist she can think of, and she spent all the money she's got, and nothing is getting better. She's, she's still bleeding she has an issue of blood. She's hemorrhaging. This has been going on for 12 years of her life, and she is dying a slow death. And then something happens. Everybody say 12 years. Something happens. In, in Mark, it says that she heard about Jesus. Everybody say heard. She's never, apparently she's never seen him. She doesn't know him personally, but she heard about him. Now, my question is, what have you heard? Everybody say it with me. What have you heard? She's heard about Jesus, but what has she heard? Because what you hear usually determines where you're hanging out. What you hear is usually determined by where you're hanging out. Let that sink in for a moment. So, if I'm hanging out in certain places, I'm going to hear certain things. So, if you're hanging out with Pharisees or Romans, what you hear about Jesus is going to be completely different than what you hear if you're at Mary or Martha's house. The Romans are going to describe him as this rabble rouser that's starting to annoy them and get under their skin and all these crowds don't stop gathering. We're going to have to put a stop to this. The Pharisees are calling him a derelict and that he's a, he, he, he's a phony and a fraud and a false prophet and it's their pride getting in their way because he's healing folks and they're not. And so all of a sudden, there's, there, but if you go to Mary and Martha's house and you were to sit down at their table and say, what can you tell me about Jesus? They'd look at you with a big smile on their face and say, how long have you got? Let me tell you something about him. See, I thought maybe he didn't really care because my brother got sick and, and he wasn't getting any better and we sent to him and he, he wasn't coming and, and then my brother died and I thought, man, Lord, I can't believe you. You waited this long. I mean, how long, God, do I have to wait? And then all of a sudden he showed up and when he showed up, he went to the grave and my brother got up out of a grave. That's what I'm telling you about Jesus is he's more than enough and he's more than able to take care of whatever it is you're facing. I've never met anyone like him. She heard. And what she heard 
had an impact. Because of what she heard, she said. <laughs> Say this with me. Because of what she heard, she said. See, what you hear is going to affect what you say. And because of what she heard, she said, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. What a statement to come out of her mouth. If I can just, hearing someone's opinion may cause you to form an opinion of your own. How many of you have ever had someone tell you about somebody you never met before? You don't even know this person, but because of what they're saying, without you really recognizing it, you're already beginning to form an opinion of that person, and you've never even met them. When you respond to other person's opinions, you end up with an opinion of your own. But when you respond to the Word of God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing what the word of god when you respond when when all of a sudden you respond to the word of god it'll cause you to find a faith all of your own say faith this woman had been 12 years bleeding And somebody said, Jesus. She'd heard about him. Heard about him where? Well, she'd heard about him in the streets. Everyone talking about how blind eyes are open and, and, and deaf here. But this is a daughter of Abraham. She's Jewish. So she also knew the word. She'd been in synagogue. She, she had heard the word declared. And in Malachi... It said, and the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. The Hebrew translation of wing is the hem of a garment. She heard about Jesus and she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. Do you understand? She's saying, you know what? I, I'm, something's getting ready to happen because I'm going to respond to what I've heard. I've waited a long time for this. I want you to listen to this. Look in Luke 8 and 45. So she sees what's happening, right? And she begins to try and push her way in. And as she's pushing her way in, she's risking her life. Everybody say, a risk. You're going to take a risk in whatever you do, right? But is the risk worth taking? She thought it was. 
She pushed in there, and, and Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not head, she came trembling, falling down before him, and she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was immediately healed. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Twelve years. Do you realize that Jesus started his ministry at 30, right? So if this happened at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus was 18 years old when this woman started to bleed. She's going through 12 years of her life with Jesus present. She's going through 12 years of bleeding with Jesus in the house. But nothing changed until she had an encounter. It doesn't matter how much you've heard. You've got to push, you've got to allow what you've heard to take you into his presence. You've got to make up your mind that I am not going to be satisfied where I'm at. I'm going after what I've heard he can do. I believe it. I try. Well, but it's been so long, 12 years. If there's something this woman has learned, it's don't you ever give up. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what you feel like. You stand up every morning and put yourself square on the ground and say, God, I'm going to trust you today. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm not walking away. I'm going to trust you. Don't ever give up. I want you to look at this picture. You may feel like you've been swallowed up. Devil's trying to take you down. And that frog said, I know the position I'm in is not a good position, but I got my hands around your throat, devil, and I'm not about to let go. You're not going to swallow me. I'm going to choke you out. Somebody needs to get a hold of the word of God today and say, it doesn't matter what you're saying, devil. I'm going to stand on the word for it is written. And if it's written, he's going to perform it. He's going to act on what he spoke. It is written. Somebody say yes. Now I want you to watch what happens when all of a sudden this woman says, if I can touch, the, the word him in Greek means tassel. So she said, if I, if I could get a hold of a tassel, that's hanging on the bottom of his robe. I'll be whole. I want you to notice what she didn't say. She didn't say, if Jesus can touch me. And that's where most of us live. Naaman stood on the brink of a miracle and nearly walked away and died a leper because he wasn't happy that Elisha didn't touch him. 
He said, I thought surely the man of God would have come out and touched me, called on the name of his Lord, you know, and, and I'd be recovered. And he said, look, Master, he said, if he'd asked you to do some great big thing, wouldn't you have done it? How, how much more should you just respond to the simple thing that he said, go, go to Jordan and wash and, and be healed? And so Naaman made up his mind. This isn't about him touching me. I need to touch him. I, I, I need to touch what he said, what he spoke. This woman took a risk of her life that day to press through that crowd. She's hemorrhaging. She's bleeding. Under the law, she could be stoned because she came into a public place and she's bleeding. She's considered unclean. They can take her life. But she's made up her mind that there are some things worth dying for. There are some things that I'd rather, uh, that I'd rather die for than live without. And so she pushed through the crowd that day and she does something unique run run up here somebody Ben come up can you well yeah come up here you can help me she pushed through the crowd that day and when she's pushing through the crowd she knows that she could be exposed she knows that she could be stoned but she's got her she's not even looking at his face she's not even she's looking at his feet Maybe what we ought to do is get out of the face of God and start falling at his feet. And all of a sudden, we'd see something happen. And she fell at his feet. And when she fell at his feet, she touched the hem of his garment. She touched a tassel on his robe. And give him a hand, would you? Don't go too far away. Sit there on the front. Thank you. When, when she touched him, the word touch there in Greek means to attach oneself. But... But stay here with me because it comes, it's connected to a word. This word to attach oneself is connected to a word that means to set on fire. Oh, I get that. I, she, when she touched him, man, she, she attached herself and, and she was set on fire. Yeah, I'll give you that. But you need to look at what happened because she's not the only one that felt the fire that day. When she touched him, it set Jesus on fire. And all of a sudden, with the crowd pushing around him, pressing up against him, he stopped everything, and he said, who touched me? Peter said, are you kidding me, God? Lord, everybody's pressing against you. Who hasn't touched you? No, you don't get it, Peter. You don't understand. Somebody touched me. Now watch this. He said, because I felt virtue. The word virtue is the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite from. It means force or power. He said, Peter, he said, somebody touched me because power left my body. I felt an explosion happen in my spirit. And and, and somebody tapped in to the miraculous power of God. And everybody's standing around and Jesus isn't going anyplace because he's saying, you don't touch me like that and I don't stop and take a look at who you are. You don't touch me with faith like that and I not call you out. He said, somebody touched me. That man, she's scared to death now. She's trembling. She shook up. And she walks up. And she says, it was me. 
I touched you, and she tells her story. That's why we know that she had said in herself. That's what Matthew records. She said in herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. What was she doing? She was acting on what she heard. We've got to quit saying, God, touch me, and start saying, I'm going to touch God. I'm going, and I'm going to tell you, when you make up your mind you're going to touch God, there's some devils going to try and get in your way and block you out of the way. But you've got to get the tenacity of a bulldog with a bone and say, I am not turning loose. I am not letting go. God is going to do what he promised he would do. I'm going to hang on. Oh, oh, oh that, that was back then. Well, I got one for you. Let's go back to last week. Last week, there was somebody in this building that had been suffering for five years with pain that was so excruciating that Debbie and I privately knew that there were times that she felt like she was going to lose it all, lose her mind because the pain was so much. She'd gone through doctor after doctor. They couldn't help her. She'd had electrodes put in her. The electrodes shut off. She was back in worse pain than she'd ever been before. Cat, come up here and tell me what happened last week. This girl couldn't be barefoot before. I need a microphone. <laughs> and what you need to know is that last Sunday, after service, she was in tears, crying because she was hurting so bad. She said, I don't know, I, don't, I, I, I can't even do youth, but I know I've got to. I, I'm hurting so bad. What happened? I responded to the altar call last Sunday when Pastor Rick was preaching about your faith and how it impacts future generations, either positively or negatively. And I came here and I was praying for our youth and I was praying for the girls that I coach. I'm a high school basketball coach. And when Pastor passed by, I, I wasn't, I wasn't ex expecting, I came expecting, but I wasn't looking for something specific. I was just praying and he touched me and I was slain and I hit the floor so hard and I've been slain before, but this felt like lightning going through my body. It was something I'd never felt before. And my right hand started trembling and shaking. And I asked him after service, I said, I've never felt like this. I've never felt this before. I've never felt my right hand. And he said, have you ever felt like that preaching or teaching? And I said, no, I haven't. And he said, sometimes it can be the anointing of healing. And my response was maybe God gave me the gift to heal somebody else. Maybe I could do that, even if that means it isn't me. Well, that day after two services and then after youth, I was driving home and I wasn't crying and that was weird to me that I wasn't in pain. And Monday, I, I was not in pain. Tuesday, I coached a game and I was not in, and games are so painful. I'm bawling after games and I wasn't in pain at all. And so I called Debbie and I said, should I turn my stimulator off? Because it doesn't work. It's like 15%. It doesn't work fully. And she said, turn it off. And I turned it off on Tuesday and it is still off. And I wore heels. Oh! service long and I ran on a treadmill and I have been pain-free and I'm barefoot and I can jump and I can just I can do it I can do it see you'd be excited too if it happened to you 
Here's the deal. Nobody's going to tell me that God isn't real. I've touched him. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've had him touch me. But hear what I'm saying. I've gone into the presence of God with my mind made up and touched the throne of heaven. I know what it's like to have God apprehend your life. Somebody say, I'm ready to touch God. Come on, stand with me today. Are you ready to touch God? How long are you going to wait? Twelve years. He had been there. He'd been in, on the earth. Time means everything. Perspective is everything. There's a young lady standing back there by the name of Kelsey. For a year, walked around with a cane and her body shutting down. And I don't how many months ago has this been? In August of last year, she came to an encounter service we have here on Sunday nights. I saw her coming through the lobby with this cane. I thought, man, what is going on? And she came to me and told me what's going on. I said, I said, we're, we're going to pray for you tonight. And I'm telling you, she made up her mind she was going to touch God. Since, since that day, she's had those outbursts like that. She just, she just started laughing, man, in the middle of, I, I mean, it doesn't matter where she's at. When, when you know the hell you've been through and God rescued you, you won't care how loud you get. You won't care what anybody else thinks or says. You're going to walk away with a testimony. I know what it is to touch God. You're in this building today and you're ready to touch God. I want you to get ready to come up here. Okay, can I make this more real to you? There's a little girl, her name is Liza. She's about three years old and she's dying. This is a true story. She's dying of a blood disease. It's ravaging her body. Doctors don't know what to do. They, they can't figure out. But her brother, who is five years old, had the same disease when he was born. And somehow, her brother developed an immunity to it. It had attacked his body, but his body fought back <laughs> and won. And they went to little Tommy, I think his name was Tommy, he's five years old. And they said, Tommy, said, would you be willing to give your sister your blood to do a transfusion? So he said, will it, will it make her live? And they said, yes, Tommy. And he said, I'll do it. And he lay on that gurney and they hooked them up and Tommy started the transfusion. And he watched his little sister turn from a pale look of death to pink rosy cheeks and they saw her open her eyes and she began to move around and Tommy smiled real big and everybody else was smiling and then all of a sudden Tommy's smile left and he grew very somber and he looked up at the doctor and he said well I die right away Tommy thought 
that the doctor meant he had to give her all of his blood. And his answer was yes. If it'll save my sister, yes. Can I tell you about a brother of mine, older than I am, saw me diseased and dying. And the father said, son, if you're willing to give your blood, he can live. And he said yes. And he gave all of his blood. His name is Jesus. But do you know what? After he gave his blood, they, hell made a discovery that death couldn't hold him in the ground. That greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That if he be for us, who my friend can be against us? How about it? What are you waiting for? I dare you to touch him today. I dare you to walk out of your seat down to the front of this building and say, I'm going to touch God. I'm going to touch God and nobody or nothing is going to stop me. Are you ready for it? What is it you've been waiting for? She'd gone through that for five years, five years of incredible pain. That woman had gone through it for 12 years. There was another man that had sat for 38 years at a place. And all it took was one moment. One moment. Stretch your hands to God. Say this with faith. This is my moment. This is my moment. Speak it out loud. This is my moment because when you declare it something's getting ready to happen stretch your hands to heaven with me come on come on you got to do it you got to say it this is my moment it needs to come out of your mouth this is my moment. When, when you're ready, when, when you're, this is my moment. Say it. This is my moment. Right here, right now. God isn't far away. He's as close as the whisper of his name. This is my moment. You're in this house today and you're tired of waiting, you're tired, then I want you to come up here right now and declare it with me. This is my moment. Raise those hands to heaven. Declare it out loud with faith. This is my to touch you. Touch him. This is my moment. This is my moment. This is my day. I've waited long enough. Hear it. This is my moment. This is 
this is my moment. This is my moment. This is, I, I'm tired of things the way they are. This is my moment today. Today, say it out loud. Somebody else. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. set on fire. You need to understand something. You're looking at somebody that have lived in for God and been about going into a church and sitting on a pew. I would have never done it. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't know God. But when I met him, I, I met him unmistakably uh, in a way that forever changed my life. Set me on fire. I know I'm a pastor and I know I'm supposed to be calm, cool, and collective, but it ain't happening. Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. This is my moment. You know, you've had some moments in your life. You've had some bad moments in your life. But this is a different moment today. This is a moment that you've been waiting for. It's something that you've been longing for. And your faith has been building to the point that now that you've heard and you said, if I can touch you, if I can touch you, with me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is my moment. It doesn't matter what surrounds you because what surrounds you isn't bigger than he is. He's bigger than everything around you. I want you if you would just stretch your hands to heaven and from your heart make a declaration that this is my moment today. Would you say that with me right now? my moment. I want you to mean that with everything you've got. This is my, I'm not who everybody else that I am. I'm not who my friends think I am. This is my moment. Say it one more time. This is my moment. 
Ben at the beginning of this service told me that he's wrestling with, what's it called again? Plantar fasciitis. That's where you're started, right? The scripture talks about freely you give, freely, very freely you receive, freely give. So I want you to, which foot is it, Ben? That's the left one. Tavis has it been between both of them. I want you to lay your hands on both of his feet. Look at me, cat. Cat. Put your hands on both of his feet. Now, you wrestled with, this is where this started with you. For five years, you wrestled this. And God healed it in a moment. You know what her prayer was? Her prayer was, God, I'm so excited that you healed me. And her prayer was, God, I, I, I pray that you'd use me so I could pray for others for this. I thought, what are the chances of the same thing happening up here today? Lay your hands on both their feet and begin to pray. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Stretch your hands to heaven with me. Take us one more step toward me. Say this with me. This is my moment. You, 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 you get one of those places where all of a sudden you feel like, I'm killing Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the dark is over every enemy. In Jesus' name. Jesus is my family. I speak the holy chapters are getting ready to turn for you God's hand has been on your life and you need to hear what I'm going to say because he has a purpose and a call on you so you pursue what's in your heart but know that that's not all he's going to do in you that he's going to show himself real through you so you're going to not be 
in a corner trying to make by. You're going to shine like a light. Raise your hands to heaven and say this with me. This is my moment. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give a hand clap of praise in this house. Sunday and I'm freaking you out just just hang out here a second look the scripture says that no man can see God and live so if you can't see God and live something's got to happen if he touches you now you may weep you may fall you may laugh you may cry I don't really care about that part I just want him to touch you you see God had to be real for me. I'm not talking about going through, setting, coming into church and sitting down and going through some ritual. I'm talking about God had to make himself real to me. When I was a boy, I used to sit out in my yard and look up. I wasn't raised in church, and I'd look up in the sky, and I'd go, there's got to be a God. And I didn't even know him. But I knew there had to be one. And I'm so glad that one day he let me find him in a very personal way. He wants to do the same for you, no matter where you're at in life. And look, you can go to church all your life and still feel like, how long, God? How long? I feel the presence of God in here today to do the miraculous. So this is what I'm asking you, if you're in here, and you need a miracle or you, you need something miraculous to happen in your life, I want you to come and let me pray with you. Look, all I'm going to do is touch you. I'm not going to hurt you. But I just want to, I don't want you to miss your moment. Would you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now? Just hold those hands up. Hallelujah. Say it with me. This is my I, I'm gonna, right before I pray for you, hold on. This girl right here with the glasses on, right there. Can you? Would you come up here just a second? Go ahead and make your way up. Just raise your hands to him. This is my moment. Don't don't try and figure stuff out. Just like God. <laughs> Let me, I don't, I don't know who you are. I just know that when I saw you, I, I felt something. And I feel like you've been on a journey for a while. And the road hasn't always gone where you wanted it to go. And there are questions. Is that true? I believe that God wants to show you personally. 
because you're the type of person that you're saying, I'm, look, I'm not believing that unless, you know, it's going to have to be real for me. Did you ever think that? About a minute ago? <laughs> Stretch your hands now. If you would just, there you go. What's your name? Erica. He loves you very much, Erica. And I believe that he has something special.
there's a shift. Back in 2020, I made a statement about that there was a shift that was happening and that this would change everything. I'm not telling you it's coming. I'm telling you we're in it. We, we are in it. I feel God drawing us. Now, you, you need to hear what I'm going to say. Because anytime you just start to take a step up, the devil's going to try and take you out. Well, how do you know that? I'm talking from experience, folks. How many of you in here have experienced that? Wave your hand. Seeing I'm compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. But God's bigger than the trap the devil tried to set for you. He's bigger than the demon that's been assigned to you. And all you've got to do is turn your face toward him and begin to cry out. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. What that woman did was consisted of a few things. She had enough faith to show up. She had enough faith to reach out. And she had enough faith to confess her need. I need you. And in that moment, in that moment, you know what amazed me about that whole scenario? Nobody else knew anything had happened. <laughs> a miracle had just taken place and everybody else is oblivious to it. When it happened for Kat, nobody else knew that. We didn't even know it. You know, she, she, she didn't even know it. You know, the lepers got prayed for and then they went their way and, and they were whole as they were going. And then one came back to thank God for it. Everybody say, buckle up. We are in the throes of revival. That, that, that God is breaking out. And I'm, I'm telling you, whatever your need is, you need to boldly bring it before God and say, here I am, God. If I can just touch, I'll be made whole. Now, I don't mean, to, I don't want to offend anybody here, but if you get in my way, I'm going to move you out of my way to get to him. Because this isn't about me and you. This is about me and him. And I've got to have him. Amen. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, i got to have him. Come on, love him today. As you, we're going to get, we're getting ready to go here. I'm going to let you take somebody by the hand. I'm waiting. <laughs> take somebody by the hand, look them right in the eye. As you look in their eye, and I want you to say this with me. Are you ready? Say it with me. I'm done waiting. Today's my day. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise in this house. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you next week.